Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Deal or No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. to the challenge rider dies wrap up podcast for episode seven i am brian Cohn. with me as always is my co-host Alger. i how are you feeling full how are you i think we're just talking about the challenge episode that was a full <laughs> feast we just had right there was it <laughs> what no oh my god i thought that was a great episode oh my god i thought the like recording stopped or something i was like why are you so upset <laughs> <laughs> um interesting well we'll talk about it um uh, but just to let people know why i sound like i'm r- moving through quicksand it is 10 p.m on thanksgiving <laughs> so just the level set where we are happy thanksgiving how was your holiday holiday was great great meal had a little bit of leftovers had a little bit of dessert and uh yeah if i you know if one of us falls asleep midway through it's blaming on the tryptophan tryptophan Whatever it's called. I would blame it on the booze, but maybe that's just on my end of this picture. No, wait, you already had leftovers? I had a little, I had like a little bit of nosh. We, we <laughs> ate like at five o'clock, so then I had, right before I had a couple of cookies, dessert thing, I had a little bit of nosh in the, from the fridge. I did like a full, a full platter, just like a little bit of snacks, a little bit. Work, love it. I love that. Yeah. Um, I just do want to say before you get into your favorite episode of the season, apparently, which I'm thrilled that you're, mustering the energy to be jazzed about um mm-hmm. we plugged the interview with sydney Bucksbaum about the the book on the challenge the challenge bible it's not what it's called um mm-hmm. it's called how to win at the challenge and at life right mm-hmm. um, that's, that's right but we plugged that interview before i had listened to the interview so now i come back a listener of the interview and i just want to say again as a listener phenomenal interview everyone should check it out hear about what's going on in the book about the interviews uh some fun behind the scenes tidbits about it and you guys really broke down like 
all-stars and the seasons and you know it goes much mm-hmm. beyond the book so I, I was a great listen everyone should check it out oh thank you so much yes and it was great uh, a lot of cool insights definitely check it out it was a, a video podcast as well so if you go to the uh, Rob is a website or Rob is a podcast YouTube channel. Which it'll be there as well. So you can see, uh, you know, Cindy's beautiful face and my, you know, my face. So you can see us both there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to give compliments. I don't know how to play. It's true. It's Sorry. accurate, but like, this is professional. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but back to this episode because I'm glad glad you didn't see my Twitter because I not only declare this like my favorite episode of the season, I said this is one of my favorite episodes in years. Like, I thought this was an incredible challenge episode, and I think it's been like a fantastic season. So, I'm all 10 out of 10 right now. Look, I I think it's been a great season. I think you and I have been higher on this season than. The audience seems to be general, like the polls I can get. We've talked about that. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't dislike the episode, and I think it was n- so necessary. It's like now we're like really seeing where people's, you know, the the four man or four team draw is really causing people to make decisions this week that they haven't had to previously make, and that was really interesting. I think there was like a lot of dead air uh, on like random background that we should have had by now so i did feel like it dragged slightly mm-hmm. and the challenge i think dragged otherwise like i'm not i'm not out here hating this episode i'm, I'm thrilled right. that you're high but i was definitely we got to a really interesting place and i think we have a lot to like discuss and it's definitely setting the stage for an interesting back half of the season yeah i think just like for me we've gone through so much low light like the reality tv where things get dark and personal and we want people like removed from like the ether because of how horrible they are. And this was just such like a perfect episode of like everything that happened here is just like reality TV competition based, right? Like there was no one like dragging people to like their core. There was no vicious insult. It was like people being portrayed, people manipulating, but all in like the confines of this game and the show and to do what they think is the best for their chances to win. And that's like all I want from these type of shows. I want people to like give their full effort, really try, try to deceit, do all this stuff, but keep it PG for a matter of speaking. And like, I thought that's what this all was. Like the way Devin was doing stuff, the way Amber and Nelson, like people in the mix, it, it wasn't personal. Real, it was personal because it was impacting their games, but it wasn't like you're a horrible racist person or, or anything like even close to that. And it was just like the game. You're, you're dancing across landmines here, Brian, but you're doing it great. Um, you're doing a great job. Thank you. I, I don't quite know a thousand percent. I don't know that I share your feelings about that a thousand percent, mm. but but I get what you're saying. And like, there there was definitely an energy in this episode of like, this is in the game. I mean, I think the Amber stuff, which you flagged, is like maybe the exception to it of like. I feel bad for Amber at this point because it is personal. But like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it did leave the energy of like, all right, well, you had to draw that line. So I have to draw this line. And like, we're going to walk out of here and not like hate each other for years. We're like, this is the way the chips are falling in the game. And that's something that's very uniquely challenged because these people get to play season after season with each other. So some seasons they'll work mm-hmm. together and some seasons they won't. And it definitely feels slightly more 
just inside the bounds of the game this episode right. like even with betrayals it's like all right well we're not going to get into a twitter war and gus and josh it up at the reunion exactly chalk it up to <laughs> gus exactly um you know it's very interesting i think devin is maybe the most interesting player this episode despite not actually being in power um mm-hmm. it, like it, it's do you feel like he feels safer to sort of split from the vets knowing that at the end of the day, like his partner being Tory still gives them some relationship. Like, it's not like he's like fully like, will Jordan and Anissa ever nominate them no matter what Devin does is sort of my question. That's a good point. Devin's partner does give him the, yeah, I think the most flexibility Tory's connection with Anissa Tory's, kind of just overall demeanor like most people like her she's in a good stance with other people tori so devin is able to maybe maneuver more than others but i think like devin's not being like inconsistent like his whole stance of wanting to go after winners has been like his mantra for years now so it's not even like this is like a new thing that he's doing he's just able to kind of navigate it maybe a little bit more yeah and i mean it's it's not definitely certainly not definitely certainly not uh inconsistent with his whole sort of like ethos and approach it's maybe a bit inconsistent with what we've seen in the first half of this game where he like gets in bed with bananas and starts this like vet thing but this episode felt more true to Devin, like how he approaches the game than the first half of the game did and honestly maybe it's because things maybe switch i think maybe Devin felt more isolated in the beginning and then just how the game has developed and he's build bonds and how you know other rookies and stuff have kind of fallen off the wayside he can make these moves now and go after bananas he doesn't feel as reliant on bananas when you know johnny and like that rookie crew was kind of calling the shots and devin was more on the outs and now they're all pretty much gone and like whoever's left is maybe more willing to work with devin so now he's like okay i feel a little more safe without the rookies going after me and i could feel i could work with jay and now don't feel like on the bottom of that group when jay had so many other options so now he, you know, he's a little bit more room to maneuver. Um, no, de- definitely. And this conversation with Devin and Tori um, in the beginning, I think, is really interesting and something that to me makes Devin like a top tier, like not a top tier like challenger in terms of like, oh, he's going to be in the top three like physical guys or likelihood of winning. But in terms of like people, I want to see play the game for exactly the mm-hmm. reason we're talking about. Like he's willing to play, and what. To me, Tori's stealing, and and granted, they have different motivations, like motivations, because Tori can show up more reliably in a final than I think Devin thinks he can. So he's got to play more in the game, and Tori can play like the sort of quote unquote honest game and get to the mm-hmm. final and perform. So fair enough, but I do think like a ceiling on Tori is that she still feels like this draw to play some sort of like quote unquote ethical game, which is just ride with her friends and make bad decisions. So do you think, is Tori playing this up a little bit, like playing up the Devins, the deceitful one, the manipulator, I'm just trying to like go along for the ride, I don't want to do that stuff. Do you think she's playing that up just to like build into Devin's hand to kind of fit into like their characters that they're supposed to be? Huh. I thought you were going to say, do you mean their characters like for TV or do you mean like yeah. that like she the can leave and like, survive this? The, the way they're like, uh, the, the way they're 
I think she's smart enough to know based off what questions they're being asked to professionals, like how they're going to be presented. And it's clearly like Devin's going to be like more the manipulator strategic one. Tori's like reticent to go along with that and wants to be more play nice. Like, do you think in reality, Tori is like, what like, is the more of that reticent and wants to play nice, or is she like wants to like go down the, the Devin route of manipulating it? Because Tori hasn't won either. Like, she really wants to win too. So I don't buy that she's not willing to do whatever it takes to win. Yeah, it's interesting. I would guess, and I used to follow Tori on social media. I don't anymore. So I'm not that plugged into like her out of game personality now. But that's certainly consistent with her like out of game personality in the last like X years that I used to follow her. And I, I would, I would think more that she's, definitely interested in winning she's definitely interested in it at whatever cost and she's happy for Devin to be the one taking the fall I don't know that it's so much the edit as much as it is plausible deniability when she returns in the next game right like she's the one who says like it's really hard to come back from getting her reputation as a snake so I think Mm -hmm. she more is like maybe it's the second step of the like meta thought about the edit but she's sort of like an MTV darling I think she'd be more worried about coming back in after betraying her friends when that's sort of her main strategy. But mm-hmm. it's fascinating that she has that snake confessional because like, not only is Devin the one who pounds the drum the hardest against people being snakes and like blows up their game because of it, but he also has like really redeemed his image as someone who is completely not trustworthy. Now, maybe this season's going to like reverse it, but I feel right. like right. Devin's done exactly what Tori said is hard to do. Yeah, no, Devin really has come full circle. He was kind of more the J spot where no one would trust him, and now he's kind of come all the way back around. So it's it shown it, it can be done. But that's what I was frustrated this episode and then tried to like immediately be like, Zen, relax. This is good gameplay. Like, it is so frustrating. Hot take hypocrisy is so frustrating to me, which might even be slightly <laughs> hypocritical of me to say. But like, for it is so genius that Devin is consistently putting people on blast for doing exactly what Devin does. And nobody is saying that. Like, why is nobody saying this to him? Like the Michelle right. confrontation, the Amber, like it is so maddening that he is able to con- like, it's like Cody and survivor getting someone voted out for having the same job that he has. That is Devin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, and, and that's not like that abnormal, right? Like that's like a very, that's a pretty common thing in like, society right people project out things that they don't like about themselves that aren't the others and hate on what they're doing like that i don't need you to hold a mirror up to me brian (laughs) i think it's like you know not to get all political but that's also the very trump thing you know he calls out what people people think he's doing it's like a very common thing that i think people call out right so like where is like i don't know if people are gonna watch it back in a reunion but it's like this season more than ever it's like you know Oh, Big Brother can't be trusted. You're working with these people. You're against the veterans. Amber's like talking shit about me. It's like you're because that you're only caring about this because you want to throw her in. Anyway, everyone knows this. It's just, whoo, it was getting me hot mm-hmm. watching it in not a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Big, uh, big breakout episode for Amber and Chauncey this week. We get probably the most pivotal scene in the entire episode here with the conversation that Chauncey has with Jordan. Um, about wanting to build a bond and sort of striking a one-day-ish deal or maybe even a multi-week deal 
for for him. And you know, this conversation is very costly for Jordan uh, for Chauncey, I should say, as it as it goes later in the later in the episode. Okay, what is your interpretation of this conversation? Like, what do you think Chauncey and Jordan walked out of here understanding? I think for Jordan, he walked out of it being like, I have no interest really in protecting this new guy. I have other people I need to protect, but if he wants to protect me, sure, that sounds great. And I think Chauncey came out of it thinking, oh, I have now a strong guy that is willing to look out for me and won't say my name. Yeah, like, because this later comes as like Nelson saying, like, I heard my cousin's sister's mom's brother's best friend mm-hmm. told me to tell you to look at you wrong. And then I thought you said that I'm going to take out Jay's allies. Now we saw an edited version of this conversation, but I had the same reaction that Amber had, which is like, in what world would that make any sense? When I saw the Jordan Chauncey conversation, my interpretation was very similar to what you just, what you took from it, which is like, Chauncey, I think, making a good move to be like, that was Jay and Michelle. I'm working with Jay and Michelle, but I wouldn't have come for you. And I'm not, or I'm not intending to come for you because they came for you. So I'll ride for you. Continue to work with Jay and Michelle, but like, I'm not going to put you up just because my allies did. And Jordan says, Mm -hmm. okay, well, like, I'm still going to be coming for your buddies. But if you're not going to put me up, then I'll consider that. That is a completely reasonable deal and is not at all to me Chauncey saying, yeah, let me help you get Jay out. It's not, but it's still, it, it still points to like the difficult navigation that you have to have when you have no agency and no kind of built up trust in this game where, you know, if this was someone else that Nelson had had such a longstanding relationship with, he might give Chauncey the benefit of the doubt, but he clearly doesn't. So because it can be twisted in a way that could make him look bad, he's able to believe it. So when you're, that's what just makes this game for rookies so challenging because you don't have that longstanding history with people that they'll be willing to believe you or take your side as you don't have these five, six, seven year back relationships. So for, for Nelson coming in, of course, he's going to side towards what Devin's story is. He's much closer. He's, he has a good built in trust with him and, he doesn't have that with Chauncey. So the story is able to be spun and manipulated in a way that Chauncey's going to be made to look bad. Well, but that's a perfect thing to bring up because while he doesn't have a Chauncey, we get right before this conversation with Jordan Chauncey is a conversation with Amber and Nelson. Like, you know, now later Nelson does something admitted that like self-described as like stupid by telling Amber, like, you're not in my MySpace top eight. Like, you're not in my top four. Right. <laughs> Um, but like Amber has no one and is like, I'm so happy. I have you, you and Darrell Darrell, who was my partner on my first challenge and, and you are the only people I trust in the world. And I'm so glad we're working together before Nelson has power. There's no reason for her to just blow smoke. Like she's riding for Nelson. So that has to, or you would think that that would buy Chauncey some, like positive goodwill but even if it doesn't it's like and nelson just got so played in this episode because Mm -hmm. like amber's reaction at the night out is perfect which is like who cares what you think he said in what world would we say that because that would be us like we are jay's allies like why would we ever say that 
what's funny with Jay is like, this is like kind of a very similar situation with him and Jack, right? Like Jay and Jack are close, but Jay's partner got tripped up thinking that Laurel was coming after them, but it wouldn't make sense because Jack and Jay would have been pretty close. And then it ends with them going after each other. And it's like basically very similar vibes here where Amber and Nelson seem to have a good agreement, but like the partner got a little bit involved and didn't trust the partner. And then things blew up and now they're going after each other. You know, it's these new standing relationships didn't really last. No, it's a perfect, it's a perfect parallel because, or comparison, because it is like, if you told me Nelson and Nerese are going to win and Darrell and Shorty V are going to go out at the hands of Amber and Chauncey, I'd be like, mm-hmm. did they not get to pick their people? Like, did they, right. like was it a ra- really random draw? The algorithm is I bad? mean, we got, we basically got like a copy and paste confessional of Amber to start this week being like, I feel so good about Nelson. If Nelson were to win, I would feel safe. I think we got that exact same professional three weeks ago with, or two weeks ago with Jack being like, I feel so good with Jay. If Jay were to win, I know I'd be safe for that week. And we got the exact same thing and the exact same way played out. And I think another frustration for me, this episode is like, I got really excited when I saw Devin, Jay Nelson later in the episode talking and I liked their A plan and I even liked their nominations. So I was like, Ooh, mm-hmm. like, this is good. Like we're finally going to like take a strike and it's not even a full strike. It's like Devin is coming into it. It's like, a new collection of like misfits is exciting. And then like, we have an outcome similar to the Laurel and Jack. Uh, I mean, they didn't go home. Now I can't even remember who went yeah. home. Um, but like, I think it was the rookies, like, uh, and Colleen, right? a little, uh, a little air out of my balloon. Yeah. I even found myself agreeing with some stuff Nani was saying, which is like, you know, kudos <laughs> for her coming up with good strategic points. Look at her. So fucking rude. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Who are we? <laughs> um, let's talk about the day out, the night out, daytime, darty. Are people still saying mm-hmm. darty? Youth culture is still saying darty? I think so. Sure, why not? Um, if, if, how much, like, if you had offered me a million dollars, I don't think I could have told you they were in Buenos Aires. In fact, hearing the episode stunned me. No, I had no idea. Never know where they are. <laughs> Um, unless TJ says it each week. Um, but yeah, they were uh, in Buenos Aires. They're lo- at a overlooking, as Terrell uh, points out, overlooking a cemetery of politicians to kind of s- spice up the mood. That's fun. Yeah, they were really using the word politicking like a lot. Like that is always like something that people talked about in the challenge. People used to talk mm-hmm. about politicking in the challenge. But yeah, I feel actually. like <laughs> they said politicking like more times than they said vendettas on the season of vendettas yeah i think it's been worse i think it's been more said than even ride or dies so this could have been the challenge 38 politicking <laughs> the politician and it's like ben platt is yeah. involved. okay um it, it made me feel better because you know we came into the season not sure where Darrell would go i think like he sort of goes home before he goes anywhere but uh yep. It made me feel less bad because, like, even Bananas has no freaking idea where Darrell's going to stand this season. Yeah, I mean, he kind of said it himself. Darrell comes in, doesn't really talk game, but doesn't mean he's not playing the game. He just does it kind of his own way, which has been the Darrell mantra, you know, for the last 15 years. He just <laughs> plays it more straight face. You know, he's not going to lie to you. He's going to go and try to keep the strong people around, go after the weak people, and go keep his friends. And that's really it. And there's not much else to to Darrell's game. And then here, I think he does put a lot of his uh, 
chips and eggs and shorty v's basket i just love saying shorty v that is such a funny it's game. great that is just the best and uh it's so sad that it's gonna be gone after this week no more um i mean we'll still be saying it we'll carry on of course of course uh this clip of Fe- i don't understand clip fessel and casey it's like what was the point here you know it was sort of in the beginning before we get to the daily i was like really trying to read the tea leaves of like what's going on here besides like the obvious Amber Nelson confessional, but then I would have had to believe that Nelson was going to win another daily. So I wasn't quite sure how that was going to play out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, in, in case you forgot, like here's Bessel and Casey renewing their commitment to each other. Well, you know, we had to make sure people remember that Casey is in the show because we're definitely not going to remember his, her partners in the show. So we have to at least get Casey in it. But I did actually like Casey's take on the season, which is kind of just like our, I feel like what things that we've been saying is that, you know, there are clear groups, but a lot of the groups are like interconnected with other groups. So it's really just more like your true core. That's going to kind of define it. Like we even saw it here where like Nelson wanted to go after bananas, but felt conflicted because, you know, he felt close with Nani and that's kind of been like a compelling theme or, you know, returning theme. I don't know what the right word is, but each week where they have someone they want to go after, but like they might be pretty close to their partner or your partner is pretty close to their partner. So it's not as clean of a shot as you might want to take. So I think it's kind of good good because I feel like usually around this time, we kind of get like that uh, confessional where it's like highlighting each of the groups and they do like, the little, you know, the little notepad and the images popping up on the screen of like where everyone stands. But here it's, it is very interconnected and it's not a, a clean line that you might normally see. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's also interesting from Vessel's perspective here because he says, like, Look, I've got like my people and I let my performance speak for itself. And I don't know if you could like feel my eyes getting lodged in the back of my head on that one. But uh-huh. um, and like that's my game. And it's like again, like I do think the beginning of this episode is sort of like an exposure of different people's like ceilings, perhaps. Like Fessel is sort of more on the Tory side of things, which is like I can play a clean, loyal game and get to the end and like muscle it out, hopefully. Um but 
it is, I think, a limitation on Fessel's game. Like, why wasn't Fessel in the conversation with Nelson Jay and Devin? Like, he has a limit to his social game. And I just don't think you can, like, get to a, like, GOAT status challenge player like Fessel sees himself as without being willing to step out of your, like, best friend alliance, particularly in a season mm-hmm. where some of them aren't there, um, and, like, mix it up. Like, he's very lucky that, well, I don't know if it's luck or skill to have made really good best friendships who are also on the challenge, but he's lucky uh, that he can really rely on Casey with like little to no work. It is interesting though, because I actually think this was, I don't know if it was an intentional move by him to stay out of it because like Nani, I don't understand how Fessel was not part of this myth. Not only because, you would want Nelson would want to go after him just as a strong competitor, but as also Nani points out, Vessel screwed over Nelson horribly so not too long ago by tossing himself into Hall Brawl and taking him out pretty late in the game. So I don't know what the connection is that Vessel is bridging for Nelson not to go after him. Like, is that like just now completely water under the bridge between them two? I thought it was pretty, you know unrepairable with the way that that portrayal went down interesting it's not impossible i still like my my gut tells me like when i see them or when i don't see Fessel in is like well nelson is cool with Fessel, and i think he apologized excuse me that Fessel apologized and nelson is like pretty quick to forgive um but but who knows like maybe that aside it was really more of a strategic decision of trying to protect both pairs that they put in. Mm. And if you put Fessel and Mariah in, maybe they're less predictable of like what they would do. And so maybe like the unpredictability helps. I get it. It just feels so weird that they would be like in a neutral stance. It's like either things would be forgiven and now they're like back to really working together or they're not forgiven and they should be going after each other. So it's just so bizarre to see Fessel not in the group with Nelson, Devin and Jay but then also not being targeted. Like he's just like a neutral non-entity in Nelson's mind. And that just feels like such a weird stance for them to take even like the house. I thought like they each kind of thought they close they were or Nelson, how, how close Nelson thought he was the vessel. And then it kind of blew up. And now they're just like a nothingness, which is just so bizarre. Well, if you put in, I, I mean, I'm going to assume it's not a nothing and, and it's just an unanswered question. That's like, the answer is there and we're not seeing it. I think some people have complained on Twitter that like the challenge has not done enough to like show actual fights that have been happening in the house or like those kinds of relationships. So I agree. It's, it's frustrating that we don't know the answer. I assume there is an answer. I mean, I'm happy to be wrong on that, but um, it just it, like, let's say, all right. So if they, if, if the plan as we understand it for nominations is bananas and Nani are going to get voted in we want somebody who's going to beat Bananas and Nani going in. I don't know that Mariah and Fessy are the ones for the job, but even if you think they are, who are you replacing in the three teams uh, with Fessy and Mariah? I mean, unless they're thinking like the pairs are going to get split up, I don't. Would, I would not mind going to a final with Jordan and Anissa. I don't know why they're such like a huge target. Like Anissa, as Jordan is starting to see would be a huge roadblock to them winning a final. I would much rather take out Fessy and Mariah, where 
Mariah, we don't really know how she'll do in a final. We think Fessy would do pretty well, but I think the potential that Mariah could have in a final would almost outweigh what we know Anissa can't do in a final, that I would rather take out them than Jordan and Anissa. I agree. I think Jordan and Anissa screwed themselves by overreacting to the Jay-Michelle decision and now have become unintentional mortal enemies of Jay and by proxy Nelson. So I don't think it's really a long-term game decision. I think it's a short-term. If they somehow win a daily, which is not impossible, we're getting put up next to our buddies, Jay. And so therefore we have to take them out. Plus they can take out it. Like, again, if the decision is based on, as we're led to believe in the beginning against taking bananas and Nani out, then Anissa and Jordan are a team that could achieve that in a certain elimination. And also, you don't want to face Jordan and Anissa in an elimination if you're put in at some point. But I I agree long-term. I would definitely, like, Jordan and Anissa would be number one on, not number one, but high up, top four, since that's such Mm -hmm. a top number, um, that I'd want to see in an elimination. But okay, let's say you take Jordan and Anissa out of it and you want Fessy and Mariah to go in against Bananas and Nani. I think Narisa's right when she says, if you take a shot at them, you better not miss. And Fessy and Mariah, to me, are not a guaranteed win against Nani and Bananas. Like, I think I give the edge to Nani and Bananas, probably. Um, and then I think the draw stuff, but like otherwise the draw stuff stays intact. So I think I just took us down this rabbit hole that probably didn't need to happen. I- I'm giving maybe too much strategic credit to Narisa and Nelson, where I think even if you don't like Fessy, if you want Bananas and Nani out, they made a good decision. They just didn't execute on that plan. Clearly. Definitely. <laughs> uh, and I think, look, and I, I, Nani did make some good strategic co- comments this episode, and we know you're going to call them out because you were wowed by them. But <laughs> I, I do think that once you're in the position of saying, well, somebody else should have been here instead of me, like Nani did, like Anissa did last week, that to me is a losing argument. Even though you're right <laughs> that like there is reason, if your argument mm-hmm. isn't, we're close, we had a deal, I've protected you, I will protect you, and your argument is just somebody else deserves this more than I do, like that is a losing argument. Right, because there's nothing they can do at that point. You're not trying to keep yourself out of that spot. You're in that spot now that you're trying to keep yourself out of going into elimination or set yourself up to be safe, for sure. And I don't know if that's on the Kyle's drinking game chart, but that is like such pure entitlement of like, I'm not mad that you came for me eventually, but you didn't come for me in the right order with the right people. Right. You didn't do it how it should be done. <laughs> um, but all right, I guess we can go to the daily. Yeah. yeah peaking blinders. Um, you have to another pu- puzzle solving daily. One partner does race up. Uh, one partner has to balance uh, one legged on a beam, which will release shades, which will reveal the puzzle answer key. The other person will have to memorize. They run back and have to uh, solve the puzzle. Yeah, when first uh, when TJ first pitched this as memory and cardio, I was like mini final. Uh, no, but mm-hmm. I, at first seeing upon first seeing the challenge, I was like, all right, Devin's got to be in the consideration for winning this, given the memory. The feats of memory strength we've seen him achieve in past challenges, but no, Nelson and Norris pull it out. Yeah, and uh, to TJ is very uh, impressive delight. You couldn't stop raving about both their efforts. First, <laughs> Nelson's uh, initial sprint out of the box, he was super impressed by. Norris's brains coming in strong. Um, 
They both they both did great. Both did great. Yeah, TJ's coming for the Emmy, you know, best host. He's got to put in a little more work, so he's he's giving more hosting. Yeah, we well, just need to do some uh, duck impressions and you know get the Jeff Probst level. So getting close. Uh, um, anything else to say? But I really like was like okay. <laughs> Is that that's my official response to the challenge? Oh, yeah. I mean, nothing. I I, I didn't mind it. Um, I don't. I didn't have a lot of takeaways. I, I enjoyed the, the daily. I thought it was pretty compelling. Um, it it does still sting a little bit when there's no last place because it just takes some of the extra incentive when you see like uh, Veronica really struggling. There's just nothing really extra there. The care's like, oh, okay, they're just not going to win this week. All right, move on to the next. Um, there's just no extra no extra take there. But I, I thought it was a an entertaining enough challenge pretty close um Tori and Devin were in the mix again but didn't get the win but good for good for Nelson two two wins this season look at him go now banana I mean this came up last time with bananas and Nani and people have been tweeting about this a lot that like the vets none of them actually wanted to win because it's like you show too much of your hand Billy how much Mm -hmm. do you believe that like do you think everybody is throwing it (laughs) besides is that is that why Nelson has taken two wins out after such a uh serious drought I, I do think there's some uh, validity to it in the early going. Um, I just think now we're getting, I mean, it's only episode seven, but like with how many people you have to nominate, we're kind of getting down to it where it's like almost to the point where if you don't win, you have such a high likelihood, unless one of your really close allies win, you're going to be in the draw. Like there's not that many even teams left where unless like for Casey and Andy, if one of them win, they know they're going to be safe. But outside of a few other teams, like I, I think at this point, you kind of have to win. You kind of know who's coming after you anyway, and you want to set yourself up to get out teams you want to get out. So I think it makes sense, like episodes two, three, four. But now that we're getting down to it, I, I think it would be pretty stupid if people were still throwing it just to avoid saying people's names. Yeah, I mean, we see it happen this week. Like, I think lines are really starting to get put down. Um, but should, there's no asterisk on Nelson's wins, what you're saying. No, no asterisk. Clean wins. No asterisk. Both. Format encouraged at least half the teams to not try. Yes, no. Completely clean. Two wins. Season leader in wins. Nelson T. <laughs> Did you say Nelson T? I, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Nelly T. I don't, I, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Nelson T. That's amazing. <laughs> That's the T. No, the Nelson T. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's accurate. It's yeah, it's time for the lead. Brian mm-hmm. T. Like in my... Uh, in the, in the, like the intro. intro yeah mm-hmm. oh my god that's gonna sustain me for the rest of the weekend nelson t <laughs> okay, sorry. you were saying you were i, I saying don't know what i was saying say i don't think i was saying anything <laughs> um so this is where devin really starts to lay right after the right after the win for nelson uh nelson basically turns to devin and is like help me what do i do and Devin really starts to lay on the not trusting Chauncey and Amber duo and wants to try to start steering the, the boat towards that direction. Well, this is where I was first in, where I was like, okay, Jay and Devin are, you know, very similar players. They have similar, like, physical limitations. They have great, like, strategic and social games, but also sort of limits on how much people trust them. And seeing the two of them work over Nelson to what I originally thought was to Nelson's best interest, I was in. I was like, these three, they're my new triangle. I'm rooting for the three of them. Love it. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 
then I'm still on it. Because then when Nerese and Nelson have, I think, an excellent strategy, clear target, clear way to execute, and then mm-hmm. they go on to have the best interrogation I think we've seen this season. Like, a case is made for having interrogations in this episode. And then it all goes to shit. But I, I like was really high on the way this strategically was working out. Yeah, I mean it's it's a strategy that we've seen play out. I think we, we also talked about where with how the format of this draw is, it does make sense to throw in a couple of your allies that you think will keep each other safe to, you know, set up a two out of three chance that you can get your target in. Like normally with a draw, it's pretty random and you have no control over it as the winner, but here you can have some control. And I think you know, you can set it up in a way where they try to do here, where Darrell and, and Amber would sit, would save each other. Um, and he would set up the Bananas, uh, Anani, Jordan, and Anissa elimination. But you do need to have, like, you need to do it delicately. You need to understand that the people you're putting in to save each other would are still being put at risk. They're not going to be super happy with this plan. And you need to, like, lay it down calmly and smooth it over well. And it doesn't, even before things really blow up even further for, for Amber and uh, Chauncey to go in, even if it worked out this way, they were still losing Amber and Chauncey or coming close to losing Amber and Chauncey after this, where I think you, you said at the top, like it doesn't make any sense for Nelson just to flat out admit to Amber, like you're not in my top four. I think there's even a way to spin this where he's like, I do trust you so much and I trust you so much by putting you in here to make sure this power move has to happen get them out i'm sure amber in the back of her head could be like that's complete bullshit obviously you don't trust me that much you're putting me at risk but there's a way to at least try to spin it to save to salvage that relationship no i agree it's hard to do worse than what nelson does in this conversation but you know at at the same time amber was born tonight she wasn't born last night to quote the great boss and rob but um i I think here's why i love the picks because even if you f up the like and you and you burn chauncey and amber and you don't finesse it where are they going? Like, if this okay. plan stopped at the end of this, like, you you know, Bananas and Nani are going to go in. I'm sending you guys in because I want you to pull the dagger and save Darrell and vice versa, blah, blah, blah. Let's say mm-hmm. it's it's already too little too late and Amber's pissed about this and you burned her. What, what is she going to do? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what Nerese says at the end of the episode, right? She was, after they voted in Amber and Chauncey, Nerese is like, Sure, they they might be pissed if they come back, but who really gives a crap? What, <laughs> come after us, we're ready. So they're they're fully prepared for that, and it's a it's a fair point. Like Amber and Chauncey are coming back with zero allies, basically. And if they win, sure, Nelson and uh, and Nerys may be going to elimination. But I think you know they can probably handle pretty much anyone in elimination given what it is. So I don't think they should be too overly concerned anyway. Now we don't give a fishy here. Like Stephen Fishback gives a strategy award for like the best player mm-hmm. of the episode on Know It Alls. If if I had an award to give, I think a lot of people might give it to Devin. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but some some people might give it to Devin. I would give it to Bananas and Nani because I think the performance, the one-two punch of Bananas and Nani in this, Nelson gets taken on a ride by Devin, but he really gets taken on a ride by Bananas and Ani. You don't think uh, Casey and Kevin uh, should get it? You don't think they put in uh, good work? I mean, it is nice that Nelson says, like, I don't want to put them in because I don't want Nani and Casey to go against each other. So just by existing, she did maneuver out. 
of the elimination. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, people do need to get over that because the numbers are dwindling that you can't be putting up your allies down the road just to like have K- uh, Nani and Casey not go against each other. So people need to start getting over that pretty quick because um, otherwise it's really going to really going to start burning some people if they uh, keep trying to play nice. But uh, yeah, no, Bananas and I did pretty well. I think also what they did well was stay out of it a lot. Even like at the fight at night, right? Bananas just like in his bed chilling and not getting in the mix and doing sometimes what Bananas does is really start to instigate even more and then risk have the, the hate turn on him. I think just staying out of it was a great plan and something we don't normally see from Bananas too often, but here it, it worked very well. It, it's that a hundred percent. Cause you know, like, you know, we saw the opposite of this with like Jordan and Nisa last week, they get themselves to be the vote mm-hmm. when they weren't going to be here. Bananas and Nani were going to be the vote. They stay cool. They don't get angry. As you're saying, they stay out of it. But also, they give a pitch that's, like, perfectly curated to, to like, pull on Nelson's heartstrings of, like, logic and strategy. Like, yeah, okay, go for the top people. But I haven't taken a swing at you. Like, you owe me. We were in power. We didn't put you up. That means absolutely nothing. But to Nelson, that does mean something. And then Nani, who he already didn't want to be putting up, is, like, you're, like, a brother to me. And, like, I will not forget this. And that is something that... Direct hit absolutely would destroy Nelson. And I just thought like setting mm-hmm. that planting that seed and walking away from it was like beautiful, beautifully done. Yeah, yeah. I kind of almost wish we had a confessional after the the way it played out at, at the, in the zone and then being completely safe. I wish we almost got like a smiling confessional, double confessional them to each other, being like, How the hell do we just get out of that? Like, how do yeah. we do that? Like I would I would I almost wish we had that confessional in that moment for the two of them. It was a masterclass, truly. I agree. That would have been fun to see. Um, but I'm screaming at my TV. I'm like, do not buy this, Nelson. You know, it's like Nelson is just such a good boy. You know, like he just has mm-hmm. a heart of gold. And Narice, I think, has really great strategic strategic chops that she demonstrates this episode. But like, doesn't know enough, I think, in terms of experience to like see through this kind of a plea. And the plea is really directly made at Nelson. So it's sort of like, you know whatever and then she ends up with her own shit with with amber but like i mean i guess that's another question is like how much credit is owed to bananas and nani and how much credit is actually owed to just like the way things blow up in the house with Devin and amber it's probably for sure a little bit of both but my also question is like is this even worth it for Devin? No. like what like <laughs> why not just stick like he sticks his neck out so far to get out chauncey and amber where if they just did the original plan and they got out bananas or Jordan, like that's a good move for him. Like I like, and they're in a good spot. Like you can play this Chauncey and Amber card later. If you have to, I, I don't know why he, other than just cause he loves doing this stuff and he gets an all time. He should put this on like the way Scally did it for his cover photo. He should put the quote of bananas calling him West, like put that on the top line of your resume. Like you can't ask for better publicity than that. Like, he just loves doing this. Like maybe that's what he just loves manipulating, but I just don't see the benefit really for doing it. Yeah, this goes back to the sort of like your show question about Tori is like, is this something that Devin genuinely can't help his personality, his ego, whatever is such that like, if he finds out that he wasn't aware of something that somebody he considered a distant ally is maybe suggesting that he could be mis- not trustworthy. Like that's crazy. Or even if let's say like 
it got blown up and he thinks that Amber's like gunning for him. That he like, even though he has all the power, that he's in like the main majority and he even got Nelson to nominate this person before he knew this, like then he yep. just can't let things lie and he has to take it on because he's got like some ego thing. Or is this like Nelson performing, for, not Nelson, Devin performing for the camera? Yeah, I don't know because it's like, you know, if you wanted to break up Chauncey and Amber with, with Nelson, I feel like he already did the job right. based off how that interrogation went down, right? Like clearly Amber and Chauncey were, or especially Amber was very hurt by Nelson putting her at risk. And like that relationship was severed. Like there was not, they weren't going to like, you know, have a stronger bond than Nelson and Devin would have had. So like the work is complete. It's done. And you get to keep them in the game and go after a couple of big heavy hitters. So I, I, I just, unless he just felt like now compelled to really push it because like, kind of like you said, like how it, it blew up even more in the house, but at that, I don't know, to try to walk it back, maybe a little bit also, like, I just don't see him sticking his neck out so far. Now, not only is Amber saying it and not only is Veronica saying it, but you know, the whole house is pointing out that Devin is like the big snake and the manipulator and is the one that can't be trusted. And, is kind of the head of the alliance and is like the number one target. And that was like putting his game at very big risk. <laughs> it's it's weird too, because yeah, he makes a swing this week to like work with the sort of not rookies, but the rookie adjacent best. And you'd mm-hmm. think he'd want that swing to connect and not to like get distracted by fighting with Michelle. Like that's the other part, the Michelle of it all. So like just to keep track, okay? Narice, which credit to Narice. Nerese pushed her agenda. If Nerese's goal was, I mistrust Amber, I don't trust Amber, my gut is telling me, despite the fact that she has nowhere to go and no reason to lie, my gut tells me not to trust Amber. So I'm going to plant a seed that's going to grow into this huge fight. Good on Nerese for accomplishing that agenda. Now, I I don't agree that it was the right read, but whatever. Um, So Nelson hears, (laughs) Nelson hears that Amber is saying Devin is a snake. Mm-hmm. Nelson, I feel like Nelson's motivations have to be because he started, he's like feeling bad about putting Amber in. Like he's trying to justify his own. He lives by a moral code. Like, well, if you were snaking the alliance, then like you were already getting right. me before I got you. He goes to Nelson. Yeah, so I can understand that. He goes to Devin. I feel like it's pure ego. Like I think Devin just like is erratic here and explodes. He then goes to Michelle. Like, maybe he doesn't think he has a relationship with Amber where he can really take her to task. So he says, you know who is responsible for this? My once-a-week ally, Michelle, who's working with my other ally, Jay. And she's going to take the brunt of this problem. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so bizarre because also it's like, yeah, Nelson was pissed that Chauncey was willing to go along with Jordan's plan to go after Jay and Michelle and Nelson is choosing to ride with Jay and Michelle. So to support Jay and Michelle, he's supporting Devin blowing up Michelle's game. What? <laughs> it's, it's, it's very bizarre. Things get very complicated and confusing here. And, and I was dying because this is when I was like, I've got to respect it because it frustrates me when he's like talking to Michelle and it's like, honestly, talking really down to her and i was really proud of michelle like i think she ends up making a bad game move by going down with michelle amber ship but like you know Devin was kind of gross he's like 
what did mm-hmm. Amber say to you about me? And she's like, you know, she like asked why you weren't appearing. You know, she's like raising some eyebrows, but I'm with you a hundred percent. And he's like, no, Michelle, I don't like to be lied to. And he's she's right. like, don't try to intimidate me. Like you, like, I don't know. Devin is like, two toddlers under a trench coat to me like stop acting tough like we're adults and we mm-hmm. can just have a conversation vibes but when he says to her that's not working together it's working together when it's beneficial you literally were on a week-to-week basis with her. <laughs> what are you talking right. about yeah i mean like talking out of both sides of his mouth it was very it was very gross it was very manipulative it's it kind of crazy yeah that he doesn't get called out more for for what he's doing in this conversation and poor michelle this girl, she was back-to-back weeks. Finally, like, it catches a break with the person who wins is not going after her. And she still comes out of this week looking in a worse positional position politically. It's crazy. The show can't catch a break. I, I was really frustrated by this. And it's like, you know, Devin's at his best when he's going to confessional being like, I'm going to go stir the pot. Or like, I'm mm-hmm. going to go like, you know what, I've changed. Like, this is really fitting my agenda and I'm going to do it. And I, we get that from him. Like, he definitely has like causes shit in the house and i believe some of this was like when it becomes a big public fight and nelson and devin are like airing shit out in front of everyone like i think that's devin's effort to be like i'm not turning against the alliance i'm not a snake i'm exposing the snake and this is Mm -hmm. my justification for why i did turn on my alliance or whatever but i wish we got a little bit of a confessional like saying that it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. But I'm honestly like, I still love Devin for this stuff because this is this was incredibly entertaining and it was messy and it was sloppy, but it was it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun watching this all go down and blow up. And oh yeah, I wish Nelson made better game moves for himself, but <laughs> it was very funny that uh, someone else made him not. No, that's the joy of watching the show. Like you've got to be irritated. You got like I don't mean when I say like he's a hypocrite and I'm annoyed. It's not like so I turned my television off. It's right, like of so I went. Like I'm in the dog pound. Um, I regret that. Okay. Uh, But let's go to the zone. Speaking of regrettable decisions, I I don't know. Nelson, Devin's an evil genius, but now does an honor your geniuses. Like I, I, how Amber and Chauncey end up going in is just like beyond me. And Nelson needs to stop giving speeches, man. I mean, he should (laughs) have known how after the uh, first week went down. Like this was a horrible, like, People are family. I think it's Vin Diesel. These people are my family. I can't do this to anyone. I hope this good woman will sometime forgive me. Like, just say the name, dude. Just rip the bandaid off. That was horrible. Really bad. I, at I, first, I, was like, later. I couldn't yeah. even. Yeah, I couldn't even tell if it was. A, I thought it was a confessional at first, and then I realized he was like <laughs> talking out loud to everyone. Like he's really saying this to everyone to stop talking. Darrell later, uh, you know, says that it gives kudos to bananas for just ripping the bandaid off too. Like Nelson needed to do that, which is like your yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah but yeah so uh throws in oh, wait, one thing Amber. sorry quickly b- before we get to that mm-hmm. i just do want to say because i could feel the audience screaming at me but like i guess 
the other thing which you flagged that Nelson was mad about and that I got distracted in the Amber, Michelle, Devin of it all is that conversation with Chauncey, which like, I guess if Nelson really does believe that Chauncey threw him under the bus to Jordan, that feels like a bigger betrayal. Like my friend working against me is worse than my enemy working against me. And thus the char- target changes from the enemy, you know, bananas and right. Jordan and Anissa and Nani. But I just have to say again, for the record, I didn't interpret Chauncey's conversation to be that level of turncoat. And it was kind of, it's very, again, very similar to the J thing. I think by the time we got to this point, it wasn't even that bad of a game move because of how splintered this relationship was. That's like, you know what? Sure, throw in Chauncey and Amber because they actually are definitely going to be coming after you. Like, it was horrible looking back on the 30 minutes ago, but the fact, or 30 minutes ago in terms of the episode. But once you get to this point, you might as well do it because you just had this big love fight. You're not going to be working together. They're definitely going to be coming after you. So you might as well just throw them in. You might as well do it. See, and I don't agree with that with Jay and Michelle either because, like, are they winning? Like, they have to get power. So, like, if I have the opportunity to, like, legitimately have a chance to take out Bananas and Nani, who I know are not working with me, versus, like, a shot at a team that hasn't been winning. But, you know, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I guess there was, there was no, at that point, there was no good answer, because then all four teams are coming after them, and no one's really, like, okay <laughs> with them. So, they were kind of in, you know, between rock and a hard place. Rock in their own place. They made the exactly. Money. They did. Um, so maybe we could also put some of the conspiracies away. I know Bananas and Nani picked first, but I think they went to the other end of the sword draw in terms of where they were lined up to pick the pick that was the safe. It wasn't directly in front of them, unless now people want to say, "Well, of course they wouldn't do it in front of them the second time. They had to put it all the way on the other side." So I, I, I don't want to hear that. Poo poo that. Maybe a producer told them it's in the third spot. No, I'm just kidding. I agree. I'm all, I, I definitely think it's not uh, rigged. I still do maintain that I wish it was a magician's handkerchief coming out. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Sure. That's it. There's nothing, okay. nothing further there. I did like Nadi somehow taking credit. Like they were <laughs> able to pull the safe sword because it shows how well they're working together. Like, if they weren't working together, they would have not been on the same page to pull the correct sword. It's a great well, that's true. I love, I love that. I love that for Nani. Good for her. <laughs> um, but this was, I mean, it was a great way, as you said, they, they, they were kind of right to the point. Nani and uh, Bananas to save, to save Jordan and Issa. Um, it is still amazing looking back on where Jordan and Bananas were, you know, 10 years ago when we first started this podcast of, Jordan flipping over all the cards to go after him, and now here they are saving one another. Come eliminations, um, pretty crazy how the challenge works over time. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It's absolutely wild, um, and a really unfortunate draw, no pun intended, for Darrell and Shorty V. Because, like, I do think there's a world that Bananas would have saved, Bananas and Ani would have saved Shorty V and Darrell with a different matchup, like a uh, Olivia, Horacio, and Olivia, or something. Like, it mm-hmm. just I think in that case, it's, they have to save Jordan and Anissa there, and I don't think Darrell and Shorty V would fault them. Yeah, I mean, I think let's say if they, I think if maybe let's say Jordan and Anissa were voted in, right, and Chauncey and Amber were there, I think I don't see Bananas and Nani saving Chauncey and Amber over them, so I think they could have easily been saved over them. Which is as 
God and Nelson originally intended. <laughs> exactly. But yep. Alas, uh, it was not to be. It was not. But Deep Web was meant to be, which was the elimination for this week. Um, you had to crawl through a bunch of uh, rope uh, knots and you know obstacles to collect eight eight puzzle pieces to solve a uh, puzzle at the end. Um, and that was your, yeah, that was it. Quick, eight puzzle pieces to solve a puzzle. I don't love that someone's like body size could hinder them from a ch- like. It's one thing like. On Survivor, you have to, like, dig under a log and, like, smaller mm-hmm. people will have an advantage because, like, size can be an advantage or a disadvantage, whatever. But if someone is, like, physically not able to complete the challenge because they don't fit in the, like, where they're supposed to go through, I felt a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth for Shorty V here. No, for the challenge no, I, for I, her, not not be, not to her. Sure. No, I, I totally agree. I, I, I didn't really like this elimination that much. Um... They're almost, they're almost getting too puzzly. Uh, the challenges. It felt like I don't like how puzzly Survivor is. Like I want stay, stay out of puzzles every once in a while for the challenge is fine to create some equalizers. But I'd almost rather more eliminations not be puzzles than be puzzles. And I just feel like we're getting too many puzzles come elimination time. I'd rather almost just feel like a rope obstacle course than like you know going through collecting bags and just like getting through the obstacle course first and then that's it. Um, I'd like let's. Back away from the puzzles for a couple of weeks would be nice. Um, I, we did get some great confessionals from Jarrell. Like I was dying when Jarrell was just like, "Look, she's blessed with all of that, and it's okay, Shorty V." Like I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a very odd moment where they were like doing the puzzle, and they panned off, and Veronica was just kind of like just looking over the side and just like chilling. I don't know if they had to like take turns who was solving the puzzle, but I feel like she was like taking a break. And like I feel like the puzzle in and of itself is like a break where you're just kind of looking, but like she was just like staring off at the crowd. I was like, is she looking at an answer key or something? I didn't know what she was doing, <laughs> but she was just like looking off into the crowd. I was like, okay, Shorty V. I mean, it's in- <laughs> a quiet Shorty V. I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> like the edit did no favors to Chauncey and Amber, but like maybe this is like it seemed to take forever. So maybe uh, Shorty V was just like, I've got to look somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Somewhere else, I've been at it for hours. But like, yeah. what? Okay, what does the world have against Amber that I'm missing? Because, and I feel like we talked so about bizarre. this before. She's been definitely like annoying on some seasons, or like not annoying is not the right word. Like there have been some seasons where I understand it a bit more. Like this season is just like she's living her best life. She's with her boyfriend. She's doing her own thing. She's playing with the right people. She's been loyal to those people, at least that we've seen, and. Like the editors hate her too. Like she wins an elimination with her boyfriend, and mm-hmm. they're like, "This is taking forever." Like, what? <laughs> yeah. How how like shorter did you feel that they didn't put up the timestamp? Like, right? If they're talking about we've been here for an hour or six hours or a day, how do they not put up the timestamp to show exactly how long it is? Unless it really wasn't that long. I mean, and like you long. said, they didn't want to like it was probably like fifteen minutes, and they just didn't want it to not be as bad. But yeah, no, I told it's so bizarre the Amber stuff. It is. It's like it's like how Anne Hathaway was like universally hated in like 2005 and like never made any sense. It just felt like she was like hated by everyone and no one really knew why, but she was just hated. And now she came out of it. And now everyone loves her again. So maybe like challenge 47, um, Amber will be loved. But right now, challenge 38, everyone hates her. Very odd. It's so frustrating. Justice for Amber. I feel really bad for her. And this is like the personal part. It's like 
People just hate her and she can't make En-ROAD. She's got nowhere to go. She's constantly trying to be friends with people. Nobody is nice to her. She's won a freaking challenge. Nobody wants to work with her. I I just don't understand. Yeah, like I think it was even this week or last week. They were called dead weight. I think Devin called them like they're just like dead weight just hanging out. Like Amber's literally a champ. Like she dominated a final. It's crazy. Everyone like, that. it's like everyone. It's everyone. It's rookies. It's vets. It's people from the real, people from the Ari the One, people from the international, people from like people from the moon will come over and be on the next season and they will be like, Amber, who's this girl? Get her away from me. Like it is unbelievable. I don't know what she does. It's like the opposite of like you see someone that's like so charming and like everyone falls in love with them and you don't understand it. This is like the I, Amber just just has a repellent and I don't hey crazy. And it's so ironic because her Big Brother season was unfair in a different way, and that like a terrible mm-hmm. man was obsessed with her. <laughs> like it's like she right. can't she can't just find the in between. Not her, but like the universe will not allow her in the in the normal realm. Mm-hmm. She does have the uh, you, Chauncey was, yeah, no, very upset. Chauncey was giving big uh, Michael B. Jordan feels, especially his Creed version of Michael B. Jordan. Very, I felt like very similarity there. Okay, would you believe Maybe I thought the exact jealous. same thing? I totally yeah. agree with that. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're just jealous, but you know, Amber's getting Michael B. Jordan. I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. Um, Griff wants to know to to let's uh, memorialize Amber and not Amber, Shorty V and Darrell. Griff says, mm-hmm. "Can you explain what Darrell is bringing to the TV show? He's been on so many seasons recently; has been very forgettable on all of them." I- not wrong. Um, I, I, I think, think this is completely him. wrong. I, I think they're more men. I think it's it, they're more all stars at this point. I, I think that the proper version, it's like this this crop of people, it's like past them. Like I know it's sad, but like the game has moved past Terrell and Veronica. They're just not in the mix really that much anymore. They're not connected to these people. You can't like if sure if they bring back a lot of different people from the old school seasons, which would be great. But that's all stars. Like that's not challenge proper anymore. I, I don't disagree with the state. I disagree. Shorty V is the best thing to come out of the season in a long time. I think Darrell is like still giving intrigue. I think Veronica played a really interesting social game. I think she had repeatedly some of the better like conversations at the interrogation. I think Darrell is like a fun wild card where people respect him. They fear him physically, sort of still. But like they have no idea where he's gonna go, which I think isn't something we have a lot of now. Um, and that's my case for Darrell and Shorty B. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed seeing them. I was sad to see them go. But like, were they gonna win this season? No. But is it no. sort of like a gemmy? You know, like there's like value to me in having like a couple wild cards, even if they can't win. It's okay. not the same value they used to have, but I'm still mm-hmm. enjoying it. For fun fact for this week, by the way, after I've uh Chauncey and Amber, the other three teams all nominated were the three teams that got added late. Oh, that is a fun fact. Yeah. I'm testing my range in my headphones to get a pecan square. This is some new girl old guy shit. (laughs) You go for left, go for leftovers. Yeah, well, you inspired me. You said you got a cookie. There you go. Boom. Now I'm eating. Don't tell Rob. Is it good? It's delicious. I made it, which is good. Amazing. <laughs> you were talking a big game I saw on Twitter for your Thanksgiving. You're like, uh, 
Or maybe that was that a maybe that was Doctor Amanda. I it was Doctor Amanda. Like, it was just, incredible. Like, oh, it was Doctor Amanda. Yeah, it was Doctor Amanda. She's like, I crushed the uh, the Thanksgiving cooking game or something like that. She was like, it is unbelievable how good I am at cooking for Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a power move. It's a power tweet. Um, sure, it's true. Should we get to the drinking game? Yeah. So, uh, Kyle Picard enjoying Thanksgiving. Um, there's no drinking game this week. Well, I've already told you when there was entitlement, so that's really all you need. And great nicknames. Uh, there were a couple. There was like Shorty V, and then there's another one that he calls her, but I forget. I think I wrote it down. Let's see. Searching Control F, Shorty. Um, Queen V. That's the other one. Hmm. Queen V. Yeah, I see they call her that. Do you have anything? Um, to add? We did. Uh, yeah, I'll do. Um, we had a moment this week, and I think it would be cool, pretty cool if they do it again. But anytime you, if they uh, flash back mid-episode, they flash back to the Chauncey Jordan conversation. Uh, any any flashbacks mid-episode, I think it would be pretty cool to see. So hopefully they bring that back for editing. Um, okay. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, I'm going to say when someone gives credit to their partner, a la Nerys is the best thing to happen to me this season, which uh, Nelson says about Nerys. Speaking giving thanks. I know you're giving. It's giving thanks. That's good. Um, did you come up with that? No, I I saw people mocking other people posting that. I was like, if you if your Thanksgiving caption has anything to do with like it's giving thanks or any variation of that, you need to get more creative. People hate on people for too much. People hate on things before they even become big enough to like hate on them. Sometimes, you know, it's a mean place. It's just the man who was like. And Nani had some decent ideas of his award. Well, I mean, Nani's been around for a while. Giving thanks, I feel like, is, you know, I think giving's new, isn't it? Is it? I feel like giving has been in the vernacular only the last, like, six months or so. Are you kidding me? Like, it's giving <laughs> whatever? Isn't that fairly new? It's giving elderly, Brian. Where have you been? We've been new on It's How, Giving. It, one of the it's best like, It's Givings it's, ever was on Giving Tuesday like two years ago and somebody was like, it's Giving it's been that Tuesday. Long? Yes! It's Giving's been around for like, pre, like pre-COVID, It's Giving's been happening? Oh, I wish I wasn't eating right now because this would be a great clip to clip. <laughs> it's Giving. Now it's, Rob's going to find out about old. this. It's Giving Snitch. <laughs> it's Giving Unprofessionalism. All right. Speaking of unprofessionalism, speaking of giving thanks, um, what's 24 minus 7? 17. Okay. So you are really of the five star views. But would you believe Mm. that they continued to pour in? Crazy. So now I'm giving giving reviews. Here we go. Uh, Miss Hawk, Ron's Lee. Brendan B19, J- uh, Jaja, J- J- Adams, Jaja J- Adams, uh, J Batistella, C- CJ710, Monster Handler, Jeff, put me on Survivor, please, H010203, Kaylin underscore two, uh, Dancing Lady emoji, uh, Surrounded by Love emoji, Blue Heart emoji, and Lil Rich. Three, 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 three. Thank you. 
this was so exciting to see that they didn't just fall off from last week. So uh, we appreciate it. If you want to join the fun and give thanks, if you want to be giving thanks, you can go to robheadswebsite.com slash challenge feed. Love to see it. You can uh, subscribe there too. You can follow me, Cohen Brown underscore. They can follow you. At last week. We'll be back next week for episode eight. Until then, have a good one. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.